0: Dov Elbaum is a prize-winning scholar and educator, author, and TV host in Israel. The focus of his work is to merge secular conceptions with the intellectual legacy of Jewish tradition. Raised in Jerusalem, Dov received his education at the ultra-orthodox Hebron Yeshiva. He left Haredi society as a teenager and went on to earn his BA and MA degrees at Tel Aviv University. In 2006, Dov was made editor-in-chief of Yidiot Books, where he, edu- where he edited the publisher's flagship project, People of the Book, a series celebrating Israel's 60th anniversary. He also personally edited works by Martin Buber, Gershom Sholem, and others. Dov has been sharing his unique approach to Jewish learning with the Israeli public as an educator and lecturer. In recent years, most of his teaching has taken place at the Bina Center for Jewish Identity and Hebrew Culture. He has also become a weekly fixture in secular Israeli homes through his weekly TV show, Meqablim Shabbat, during which he discusses with unusual guests the relationship between the Parsha of the Week and current issues of Israeli identity. In 2006, Dov, along with his colleagues at Bina, planned and founded the secular yeshiva in southern Tel Aviv. The yeshiva is attended by secular young adults who receive yeshiva-style training in Jewish literature without being required to subscribe to a halachic way of life, but rather they are encouraged to express their Jewish values through social action in underprivileged neighborhoods throughout Israel. Dove is a central figure in the resurgence of interest among secular Israelis in traditional Jewish texts a passionate believer in the importance of this development for the Israeli future he hopes that one of the outcomes of his current book tour will be a heightened awareness within the North American Jewish community of this new trend the topic of today's uh, of today's talk is into the fullness of freedom what you can see on the handouts are some excerpts from the haggadah um, he's not necessarily going to speak directly about the current trend in Israel, but at, his, at the conclusion of his talk, he will welcome questions about, you know, what's going on, why he believes it's so important. His books are available for sale for $20, and he will sign them after his talk.
1: Okay. Hello, everybody. My name is Dovel Baum. Uh, I'm here in the United States as 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 part of, uh, of a book tour. Uh, uh, my first uh, book uh, to appear in English. I already wrote six books in Hebrew, but this uh, this book, Into the Fullness of the Void, which was uh, 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 published by Jewish Lights, is my first uh, book to appear in English, and uh, I also think it's it's the most important book of 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 my all books because it deals with uh, it, it it is really a, a spiritual autobiography which is uh, uh, which is tell the story of my life i was raised in a a very restricted ultra orthodox uh, uh, family in jerusalem and i went out of, of that society when I was uh, uh, 17 years old. I, I studied for the Bagrut exams and then I, I was drafted to the, to the IDF, to the, to the military service. But then afterwards I, I decided to become a writer and I start writing books. I was also a journalist in, in, in a few newspapers in Israel. But really, uh, the story of my life is not only a story about Dov Elbaum. It's also a story of, 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 is- of the Israeli society because in this book, I'm trying to figure out a, a new way. A new way uh, of, of being a part of the Israeli society but also a new way of understanding, of understanding our Jewish sources and our Jewish values. Because as you all know, in Israel, 20 years ago, when I, I left the, the, the ultra orthodox society, it was more than 20 years ago. It was like 25 or 30 years ago. There wasn't no other possibility in Israel then all you, you, you have to do to, to be or uh, orthodox or orthodox or secular or chiloni there is no other way than those uh, ways and uh, that's why i'm trying to, to establish in israel nowadays i'm participating in the secular yeshiva in tel aviv and also with the organization of bina We're trying to develop a new way of thinking about Jewish sources in Israel. And in that sense, I see myself a disciple of of the movement of Jewish renewal in in the United States because every time I I visit the United States, uh, I'm amazed by the vast uh, uh, diversity of, of, of Jewish ways that you have here and I think that we in Israel have to, to import a lot of ideas, a lot of ways that we can see here in a lot of congreg- congreg- congregations that they are practicing their, 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 uh, their Jewish heritage and they are studying Jewish sources in such different ways in such pluralistic ways that we in Israel, we have to to, to learn from you and to practice in in our Israeli special uh, uh, approach, but we have to study from you. And I see myself as a disciple of a lot of of, uh, Jewish American thinkers like Mordechai Kaplan and Avram Yeshua Eshel, and she yibadlu lechaim tovim arukim, uh, Rabbi Arch Green and Rabbi uh, Zalman Shechter Shalomi. I see myself as a disciple of those uh, 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 teachers. So what I'm going to do uh, 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 now, uh, I was thinking about this engagement. What, what is the the, the the right thing to do? I can try to, to whet your appetites to, to to buy my book, but I'm not going to do that because I'm not such a a salesman, you know? And uh, 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 I really thought, what is, what is best thing to do for you? And because it's just two weeks before the, the, the Pesach seder, I was thinking maybe the best idea for us is to, to study something about the seder night. Maybe uh, we'll, have to, we'll have the opportunity to understand uh, differently. The, the the texts of the Agada of Pesach, because for me one one of the things that I do in the book is to read again to reread the the very known stories of of Genesis of Bereshit, the characters of Avram Yitzchak and Jacob, and to understand them in different ways. So. The teaching now we, we are going to have about the Agadah of Pesach is, is really, it, it, it represents the way of thinking that I practice in my book. So maybe it will still be an appetizer for my book. So what we are going to do is to read some, uh, uh, some texts that are from the Agadah. And the question is, the, 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 the question is why does our Talmudic sages who, who, who arrange this text of the Agadah of Pesach, why did they uh, uh, choose such text to, to, to be in our seder table? Because if you are looking at the text of the Agadah, with, with open eyes, yes. I think you will, you will agree with me that they are not the, the best texts of the, of the Jewish tradition. <laughs> you know, we are, in the Jewish tradition we have such vast treasures of, of literature, of, of stories, of midrashim, of homilies, of piyutim, of prayers, we have such a vast a, a diversity of texts, and when you are you are approaching the Agadah of Pesach, and I'm I'm talking about the classical Agadah of Pesach, not the, the, the versions that omitted a lot of, of, of paragraphs from the Agadah, such as uh, unleash your wrath on the nations, etc. I'm talking about the classical Agada of Pesach that most of the Jews, even nowadays, are, are reading every Seder night. And when you are reading the Agada of Pesach, you you I, I find myself uh, always amazed, but about such a, a poor quality text that there uh, are in the Agada of Pesach. What is this text about? Uh, How many plagues did the the, uh, blessed Holy One inflict upon the Egyptians? One is saying 10 and the other is saying 50 and the other is saying uh, 200 and Rabbi Akiva is saying 250. What is that? What is that text about? And what is the text about Lavan the Aramean who tried to kill Jacob and his entire family. It's not true. You can look it up in the Bible. Where is it written that Laban, the Aramean, tried to kill his own family, his own daughters, his own grandchildren? Is it a lie? Why do they lie to us? And it's not only this, it's also the chad gadiyah. You know the piyut chad gadiyah? When I was a child, I, I, I can't remember how many nights I couldn't sleep because I saw the angel of death with his knife <laughs> eh, 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 above my, 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 my bed. Why did the Talmudic sages who edited and created that text, that famous text that every Jew in the world knows that text of the Agadah of Pesach, what did they take from all the vast treasures of Judaism they took maybe the most, uh, 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 how do I say it without being offensive to the Jewish tradition? All All the text about, Misfortune and malice and vengeance—Are these the texts that we have to to read with our families around the table of the seder? That is the question. That is the the main question that I want to put on the table now. So, what is the answer for that question? I think. That the answer lies in 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 one paragraph that everybody reads every Saturday night, but nobody is 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 uh, um, paying too much attention to it because it's in the first paragraphs of the Agada, and we are in the hurry to get into the the food section of the Agada of Pesach to eat the matzeh balls and so on. And we don't, uh, you know, in, 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 it's also after the four questions of the of the of the children. It's after Halachmania, the opening uh, paragraph of the Aggada. So we don't pay el- enough attention to that paragraph, and this paragraph is really, really important for to understand the, all the entire the entire Haggadah. And also to give us a, a, a maybe to give us a solution for what is the reason that the, the Talmudic sages edited the, this, the, the special paragraphs that we have in the Agadah. It's, it's the, the first paragraph in your sources here. It is told of Rabbi Eliezer and Rabbi Yoshua and Rabbi Elazar ben Azariah, and Rabbi Akiva, and Rabbi Tarfon. Yes, the, these are the most important sages of the Talmudic era. Who celebrated Pesach in Bnei Brak, spending the entire night telling the story of the Exodus from Egypt, until their disciples came and said, our masters, the time has come for the reading of the morning Shema prayer. Yeah, we all know that text. What is the reason they are sitting together? Sorry. Yeah, but no, they, they all have families, and they were a, 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 a living in the Galilee and in the south. What did they all came? to the same place in the center of Israel, to Bnei Brak, to sit together. That is a really interesting question. It's nothing to do with Pesach, do with, Pesach with what? Because
2: it's brought originally in Masechet,
1: right. brought to
2: prove when is the time to
1: Right, Sachrit right, and, and uh, right. The there are opinions, There, are, you are correct, but there are opinions in the, in the commentary of the Agadash of Pesach that they were planning the rebellion against the Romans. It's before the Bar Kokhva rebellion. So maybe they were planning in Bnei Brak and that was their excuse that they are doing the the, 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 the Pesach seder. That was the excuse for them to to be together. Okay, but it's only an idea. Maybe they, they just wanted to be together at Seder Pesach and and have the the Seder uh, uh, together. But the really interesting Midrash is the next Midrash, uh, which you are correct, it's it's a part of of Mishnah, Masechet Brachot. The the second Midrash is that. You can see it in the second source. Rabbi Eliezer ben Azariah. Rabbi Eliezer ben Azariah is the nasi is the head of the sages in that uh, uh, that, uh, 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 time. And he's saying I'm about 70 years old and I could never succeed in proving that the story of the exodus from Egypt should be told at night. Until Ben Zoma Explained it thus. It is written written that you may remember your departure from Egypt all the days of your life. That's the pasuk. That's the verse from the Torah. Days of your life signifies days only. But all the days of your life signify the nights as well. The sages say, the other rabbis say. Days of your life signifies our present time. All the days of your life signifies the coming of the Messiah. (laughs) Let's think a little bit about this paragraph. It's a very special paragraph but nobody understands what is the place of this paragraph on the Seder night. And not only this is a question but also... What is the problem of the Nasi Rabbi El Azar ben Azariah? What is is he asking about? What other other time should we tell the story of of Exodus of of Egypt? The, the, The real Exodus took place in the middle of the night. That's what's written in the Torah. It was in the middle of the night. So what is he asking? What other time is the time to read the stories of Exodus? And is the nasi, and is the chief editor of the agada, Rabbi Elazar ben Azariah is the chief editor of the agada? So what is his question? I don't understand. And and he's saying I couldn't approve to, 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 to read and to tell the story of Exodus at Seder night until I heard from Ben Zoma, the sage with the weird name. You know, all the children in Israel always laugh when they come to this part of the Haggadah because Ben Zoma, in Hebrew, is very close to Ben Zona. Ben Zoma is the son of a whore. It's a very, very famous curse in Israel. So all the children, when they hear, Ben Zoma, Ben Zoma, they all laugh. <laughs> not, if, not only the children. <laughs> so, so for me, it was very, very interesting. What, what is the question of Rabbi Azar Ben Azariah? What is he, is he really asking? He's a very important person. He's the editor of the Agada. So what is the question of Ben Azariah? And why the solution comes from this weird sage with the weird name of Ben Zoma? So to, 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 to understand that issue, to understand that question, I took a few weeks to study the character of Ben Zoma because in my instinct I felt that the solution lies in the, the, the personality of Ben Zoma. And then I, I, I realized that Ben Zoma, which we call him Ben Zoma, not even Rabbi Ben Zoma because he wasn't an ordained rabbi. He was still a student. That Ben Ma is really one of the most important characters in the Talmudic uh, 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 time. Because I, maybe you all know the story of the four, four Talmudic sages who went into the Pardes, to the orchard. Which really means, it, it, it really doesn't mean that they went into an orchard. it it probably means that they went into a a very special mystical journey. That in Hebrew codes, Pardes signifies the the place of the sword. Because Pardes is pshat, Remes, drash, sword. So it signifies that they were having a journey to 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 answer a, a, a mystical questions so what is the story about about the four figures who went into the pardes let's read it together from a, from a, a source number three four sages entered the pardes they were Ben Azai, our friend Ben Zoma Acher, who is Achher? Elisha. Elisha ben Abuya, which the Talmud calls him Acher because he, he, he was an her, a heretic. And Rabbi Akiva. Rabbi Akiva said to them, before they are entering the Pardes, Rabbi Akiva said to them, when you come to the place of pure marble stones, do not say, water, water. For it is said, who speaks untruth shall not stand before my eyes. Okay. It's, it's, it's a challenging sentence of, of Rabbi Akiva. Nobody understands the, 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 the sentence of Rabbi Akiva, but maybe we will understand. After we, 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 I explain you something about Ben Zoma, maybe we'll be able to understand what does it mean to be, uh, to don't say water, water. Okay, but let's leave it now, right now. Let's continue with Ben Benazai. Ben he was the son-in-law of Rabbi Akiva. Ben gazed and died. Regarding him, the verse states, precious in the eyes of God is the death of his pious ones. The third one, Ben Zoma, gazed and was harmed. Regarding him, the verse states, Did you find honey? Eat as only much as you need, lest you be overfilled and vomited. Achher, Elisha Ben Avuya, cut down the plantings. Rabbi Akiva entered in peace and left in peace. So it's it's a very known agada, and a lot of commentators were talking about it and a lot of books were uh, published about this agada. We're not going to talk about Rabbi Akiva, we're not talk, going to talk about Ben Azai, we're not going to talk even about Elisha Ben Avuya which is a really interesting character. We're going to talk about Ben Zoma, what does it mean? that he was armed. What do you say? What is the meaning that Ben Zoma was armed? Was he becoming crazy? A lot of commentators say that he was becoming crazy. But for me, because I, I really like Ben Zoma, it wasn't a good answer that he became crazy. So I continue reading in the Talmud, the Talmud after, after the story of the four who entered the Pardes. Just after that, there is a very unique story about what happened with our friend Ben Zoma. Our rabbis have taught. It is told of Rabbi Yeshua ben Hananiah that he was standing on the ledge on the temple mount. And Ben Zoma saw him. And Ben Zoma was a student of Rabbi Yoshua Ben Chananiah. Yes, I have to add that. So Ben Zoma saw him. He saw, he saw his teacher on the mount temple. But did not stand up before him in order to pay him respect. Rabbi Yeshua said to to, uh, ask Ben Zoma really. Where are you coming from and where are you headed Ben Zoma? That was the question. What are you doing here? And Ben Zoma replied I was gazing what is going on with that text? Something is weird. I was gazing between the upper and the lower waters, and there is only a bare three fingers between them. For it said, and the Spirit of God hovered over the face of the waters, like a dove which hovers over her young without touching. Rabbi Yeshua told his disciples, Ben Zoma is still on the outside. Also, a very, very mysterious sentence. What does it mean that Ben Zoma is still in the outside? Probably it means that Ben Zoma is still in the pardes, is still there in the place that Rabbi Akiva said, don't say water, water. You know, water, water in the Talmudic uh, 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 connotation is really a code. A code of what? It's a code of the biggest question in the time that the, the Talmud was written. What was the biggest question? They are after the destruction of the Second Temple. And the biggest question is about is God really in this world? Is do do we we still believe that God has something to do with this world. Do we really believe that there is an ashgacha of God in this world? Because they saw the destruction of the temple and they couldn't understand what is the reason for that horrible destruction of the temple because it's not only the destruction of the temple. It was the killing of of. Hundreds of thousands of of Jewish people, of Jewish leaders. What was the reason? You know, we all say in Tisha B'Av is because of Sinat Chinam. Because they hated each other. But it's not a good reason. It's not enough. It's like people after the Holocaust who try to understand Yeah, to try to understand where was God in Auschwitz. You know, I speak with Eli Wiesel a lot about this question. And I always ask him, How do you pray every day? You open your mouth because he's saying he's praying every day. He's saying Elohe Abraham, Elohe Yitzchak, Elohe Yaakov. How How can you say it after Auschwitz? And he told me, that is is praying with a question mark. Is praying like this? Elohai Abraham. Elohai Itzchak, Elohai Yaakov. Are you the God of our, of our fathers? Because the 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 question of the presence of God in the world is the biggest question of all time, of all questions. So maybe that's. The, the question of, maybe that's the, the, the meaning of what Ben Zoma is saying to his rabbi, to his teacher, Rabbi Yoshua, Ben Hananiah. They are standing in front of the Temple Mount. They see the destruction. And Ben Hananiah is asking Ben Zoma, what are you doing here? And Ben Zoma is saying, I'm stuck. I'm gazing on the on the on the temple mount when I see the destruction and I'm stuck there because I'm asking myself is God really present in this place? And that's the code of water, water because water, water comes from the second day of creation when God divided the water of the sky and the water of the sea. So for the Talmudic eh, 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 rabbis, it means not only the division eh, 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 of the sky and and the sea, it also means the division between the place of God and the place of, of people. So the question of water, water is not something to do with water. It's about the presence of God in this sinister, horrible world? That's the question. That's the meaning of water, water. That's why Rabbi Akiva said to his disciples, when you are going to your journey, your mystical journey, don't say water, water. Don't say there is no presence of God in the world. That's the dangerous thing to say. And Elisha ve'en avuya, that's exactly what he was saying. He was saying water, water. He was separating the place of of God from the place that we people live in. So now let's understand again what Ben Zoma said to Rabbi Yoshua ben Hananiah. Rabbi Yoshua ben Hananiah asked him, what are you doing here? And Ben Zoma said to him, I'm gazing on the Temple Mount, and I'm still asking myself the question about God's presence in this world. What happened to Ben Zoma? You know what happened to him? He was so stuck in that question that his friends, the other Talmudic sages, Pray, prayed for him, so he'll die. And he died. He died very young. He died as an unordained rabbi. But he's so important, and that's why Elazar ben Azariah, I'm going back to the Seder. I'm going back to the paragraph we read from the Agadah of Pesach. Rabbi Elazar ben Azariah, the editor of the Agada. In the first paragraph of the Agada, is asking, are we really be, do we really believe? Do we really believe that God is going to redeem us? Do we really believe that someday we will be free? That we really believe that God is, is present in our world? I'm seventy years old, and I couldn't, and I couldn't decide that we have to tell the story of Exodus at nights. And what he means by nights he is not nights. It's nights. It's, it's figuratively. It's about. The, the 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 dark places of existence—that's night all about. And when Elazar ben Azariah is saying, "I couldn't agree to say the story of to tell the Exodus story at night," it means: Do do we do we really can say something about redemption, about about geulah, about freedom? When all, all around us is evil, is misfortune, is devastation. Do we really can't say the Agadah of Pesach in such circumstances? Don't we lie to ourselves? That's the question of Rabbi al ben Azariah. And that's why the answer comes only from Ben Zoma. Because Rabbi Azarian know that Ben Zoma is the only person who takes responsibility on his doubts, on his questions. That Ben Zoma is the, really, is the deepest thinker of, the, of this time. And that's why only when Ben Zoma is saying, yes, it's okay to say the story of Egdazus. At night, only then Ben Azariah accepted it and edited the Agada of Pesach. Because for Ben Zoma to, to tell the story of Exodus at night doesn't mean just to say the story in the evening. It means that even in the darkest times not only in the darkest times of of the people of Israel as as a nation, but also in the darkest times of our our individual journey. Even then, we we, we have to say, we have to tell the story of the Exodus of Egypt because that's the way to be free we have to go into the process of, the, of being in the night, of delving into the nights, because only then, only then we can free ourselves. And that's why Ben Zoma is the most important figure of the old Seder night. Because without them, without him, Ben Azariah couldn't agree to tell the story of Exodus in dark times. I think that if we understand, we understand that the, 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 the important place of Ben Zoma in the Ben uh, decision to edit the Agada of Pesach, we can understand the entire Agada differently. And I'm co- going back to the question I began with. The question, why did they choose such miserable text to be in the Agada? Maybe that's the, the answer. Because if we want to get our, to, to, to put ourselves in the process in the process of the exodus we have to put on the table not only the memories we have, but also our imagined fears, our, our imagined feelings of, of vengeance. All of our, of our vindictive feelings, we have to put them on the table in order to get rid of them, in order to be free them, from them. That's the reason we are reading all these texts in the Agada of Pesach, not because we have to remember that Lavan the Aramean tried to kill all the entire family of Jacob, because it's not true. We have to get rid of our imagined, imagined fears, because our imagined fears are really, are really who, who enslaves us. So the Seder night, the process of Seder night. Is not only to remember the exodus of of Egypt. The Seder Night is about to put ourselves in a process that, in the end of the process, maybe we will be more free than we were before. So, Seder Night is a process of redeeming ourselves now. Behold, door by door. So, the Agadah of Pesar, the Seder Night, is a process, a very, very deep process, that we are going, uh, uh, we, we are delving into the deep fears, the deep memories of ourselves, of our nation, and then we get rid of them and became free. And that's all the idea of the Seder night was the idea of this strange and weird Benzoma. Nobody knows anything about him, but now we understand that he is the real hero of the Agadah of Pesach. Anything, a- another thing very important about Benzoma. And then then I'll finish and I'll I'll, I'll have your questions. Why do we in the Jewish uh, tradition start every holiday, every Shabbat in the evening before? What is the reason for that? There is no other tradition or nation in the world that begins the holidays and the Shabbat the, in the evening before. What is the reason for that in Jewish tradition? Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, I, I agree every day, but the, it means only uh, in in holidays it's very important. You can tell when they start that way. Well, what is the? What? Well, but maybe they can they can they can start in in, in sunrise like everybody in all tradition they started the day when the sunrise how do you know yeah because it said in bereshit in genesis Vayi erev yom rishon everybody is saying that that's from bereshit but we can understand The Vayerev, vayboker Yom Rishon in a different way. We can understand it like this. Vayerev, and then comes the Boker, and then we know that Yom Rishon is over. Okay? We can understand it differently. You know who is is the origin of this? It's our friend Ben Zoma. (laughs) Nobody knows it. It's the Chidush of Ben Zoma. Ben Zoma was the only Mishnaic sage who really is 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 uh, responsible for that. In so it's so important, you know. It's it's our calendar. Mm-hmm. You know the the, the decision that the, the day is beginning in the evening before is maybe. M- the, the most important decision in Jewish tradition. And, the, and, and Ben Zoma is responsible for that. And now, now we understand why it is Ben Zoma. Because Ben Zoma is the guy who understands the importance of going to the day, but to go to the day in the process of of delving into the night before, and then you come to the day. The redemptive process of going into the night and then to come to the day is the process that Ben Zoma invented in Jewish tradition. So our friend Ben Zoma is not only the founder of the Agadah of Bessach, is also the founder of that unique and special tradition that the day is beginning in the the night before. It's not only a matter of of a decision about time. It's a a very deep decision because if we we get used that the, the, the day is after the night, then whenever we encounter difficulties, Whenever we are facing a, a, a times of, of darkness, whenever we are facing times of crisis, we understand that it's, it's, it's the beginning of the redemptive process. So that's, that's why Benzoma is so important. And after this uh, research about Ben I was so satisfied that I'm thinking about writing a new book about Benzoma is <laughs> so important. So that's my 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 study about the Agada of Pesach. And thank you so much for listening to me. I know. I know it's difficult to listen to me because English is not my native language. So thank you so much for your patience. todaraba <laughs> Yes.
0: How do we know that that's true? Were, were holidays celebrated before the Talmud, and did they start in the evening?
1: Probably, when the mikdash was was when uh, when the temple was in Jerusalem, they started the holidays in, in the morning. Yeah, you can see from all the verses in the Torah when do they sacrifice the sacrifice of of the Rosh Chodesh and, uh, and uh, uh, on the holidays, the sacrifices are in the, in, the, in the sunrise, not in the evening before. That's what Rachel Elior, Professor Rachel Elior of the Hebrew University is saying. She's our scholar. Yeah, yeah, and I admire her opinions, and, and I think she's, she's right that when in the temple era, They were uh, uh, starting the holidays in the morning. Also the Shabbat, not only the holidays. Also Shabbat, the beginning of Shabbat was in the the morning, not in the evening before. Yeah, please.
2: Well, we know all the Jewish things came first, but they must
1: have really liked them. Christmas Eve and... They were Jews. All the the early Christians were Jews, of course. They were disciples of Ben Zomami.
2: <laughs> Your buddy. Yes, please. I'm not sure. In, in the first page doesn't it indicate
1: that it starts at night? And you better have a cane with you, ready to leave. Yes, but that—that that was then. Right? Yeah, that was then. The it question: What we are going to, to do afterwards? That was the question. Okay. That was the question of Ben Azariah. What yes. is the right time to practice? The the memory of Exodus of Egypt. That that is why this paragraph is in the beginning of the Agadah because it is really the first question which comes to to our mind when we think about establishing a commemorative uh, ritual about uh, the Exodus of Egypt. Yes, please. So
2: when when we observe Shabbos, we light candles prior to the setting of the sun. Does that is that to release us from the need to uh, to go into the depths of, of who we are before the holiday as a day of rest from that? Or is that to illuminate our journey there?
1: I don't know, it can be both. <laughs> it can be both. Awesome. But the awesome. thing is that the, the really important decision of Ben Zoma is, is what is the starting point of the process. A lot of tradition starts their holidays when there is a lot of light, in the spring. You know, and, 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 and the Jewish tradition is going deeper. It's going deeper. We are not celebrating only when there is a lot of light.
2: Well then I think that's a serious question that I that I asked. Yeah. So what does Ben Zomar say
1: about that? I don't know. He doesn't say so anything about Shabbat. <laughs> he's not dealing with Shabbat. But he's dealing with the whole cycle. All cycle of the of the day. What is the beginning of the day? That is the question of, of Ben Zomar. And the, 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 the tradition that we light the candles in, in, in the evening before in Shabbat, it's only—it's only after the decision of Ben Zema. It doesn't deal with the with the Shabbat by itself. So I don't know if I answer some, your question, but that's only what I can say. Okay. Just
2: uh, you have pioneered secular Judaism. Uh, what do you think of the conservative reform coming into Israel? Is that a
1: I think it's a very, very good process that uh, uh, conservative and reform Judaism are trying to, to get to, to get their way into the Israeli society. But I think the reason, but that it's so, it's it's such a challenging process for the conservative and reform movement is because that Israelis need their own own way. Right? So they see the reform and the conservative movement like a, a, a way that which was developed for, for for Jews around the world, and it's not so suitable for, for Israelis. That's what they think. I don't think it's true, but that's what they think. Okay? But I think that in Israel, we are trying to develop a language which is non-denominational it's post denominational because like me i refer to myself as a secular jew but it doesn't mean like here when you say secular it means that you don't believe in god you don't go ever to the to to the synagogue you don't uh, 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 practice shabbat etc and it, uh, to say secular is in israel is very different because i'm secular but uh, uh, sorry. What does, it mean? what does it mean in Israel? It 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 means that you don't belong to the Orthodox or ultra Orthodox world, and you don't belong to any any establishment, any religious establishment. It means that you hate the rabbinate <laughs> because because <laughs> of so the deeds. You hate them. You are at the ultra-orthodox party in the Knesset because they force you to do a, 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 all kinds of things that you don't believe in. That's what it really means in Israel. Because for me, I'm a secular Jew, but I believe in God. I, I pray every day, my personal prayers. I'm not going to the synagogue, I'm not praying from the siddur, but I, I pray, my own prayer. And Shabbat for me is a very special day. I don't walk at Shabbat, but I still I use my car, I, I light fire in Shabbat. So to say secular in Israel, it's in a different meaning uh, than you use uh, here, secular. So now we are trying to, to establish a new language, a new language of, of tradition. And that's why I de- I'm dealing with the sources, with the Jewish sources, because I'm trying to understand them differently. And That's why I wrote the book Into the Fullness of the Void, which is really, it's about my, the story of my life, my getting out of Egypt, yes. <laughs> the process of, of getting out of my own Egypt, but it's also about the the new language we are trying to establish now in Israel, the new language of understanding our sources in a different way. So in the book I'm reading again in new eyes, with new eyes, the stories of of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, because I want to understand differently the basis of our Jewish tradition. Okay? Just. One more question. More question? So you are. decide. I don't want to decide. I'm closing by us. Okay, no, you decide.
0: We'll, we'll listen to the four questions and maybe you can pull it all together. Okay. okay That's so it. They, do women study with you? Of okay, course. Wait,
1: wait. Of Most <laughs> of them. It was a, wait, a listen short listen. question. Okay. <laughs>
0: Two Please. more questions.
2: Oh, no. Yours and yours now. Yeah. Well, you're zeroing in on number two. I mean, your interpretation is creative, brilliant, uh, amazing. Uh, but but has but has anybody ever seen it that way at the way you do? <laughs> I mean it's so it's hard to get that
0: from the text itself. Wait, there's one more and then if you can pull Thank it together, you. if not some people can stay after. There's one more? Yeah. Okay, and I actually have three
2: questions. <laughs> 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 what is it? What Zoba means? water, water, that you would explain the other texts about Ben bit, with the, the honey and the mm-hmm. three fingers. Mm-hmm. And then in terms of the order of the Haggadah, I mean, it's, it's a very interesting interpretation. You have this cathartic effect of starting at night and going through and yeah. you referred at the beginning to which is you know, probably the most horrible of the horrible texts out your wrath and um, so in, in terms now I so I could see you so you get to that and then you go on to Rosh Hanahab, your July the, the you know, going into the day and the more positive but doesn't that come later I mean in terms of the actual structure of the Haggadah does it end on the positive yeah, we're free. Yeah. No, because I'm think, the, as i vaguely remembering that the next year in Jerusalem was tacked on later on. So if you're talking about the classical Haggadah, nothing in fact ends in the positive.
0: Okay. We have a challenge to pull it all together, and then anybody who has questions can
1: stay after. I really and can't we'll post- to make all that the answers together, but I'll say something in general. Uh, um, Yochi Brandes is a very good friend of mine and she's doing a great, a great thing for, for Jewish tradition. She's writing novels about these sages of, of, that we mentioned. She, she is wonderful and I, I, I hope you will read her book uh, uh, when it was translated. I don't know. It was translated. Yochi Brandes, the name of the author is Yochi Brandes and like me, she was uh, uh, in her childhood uh, in the Ultra Orthodox Society in Nepal. Regarding your question, I don't, I don't know anybody else who, who, who reads the Agadah and those paragraphs as I do. It's really a Hidush of mine and I'm proud of it. Okay? So uh, thank you for, for your words about this. Uh, um, about your question. Uh, the, the classical haggadah ends in the saying of the alel, of the alel, of the praise. That's the classical haggadah. Everything else, it's 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 you know, it's additions that came in the early Middle Ages and even in even further in the in the history of the haggadah. But the, the classical haggadah is from this paragraph of uh, of Rabbi Lazar ben and it ends in the in the in the Halel. That's the ending of the of the Agada. So, thank you very much. Toda Have a wonderful Pesach evening. I'm sure you will have something new to say on the southern table this year. Thank you so much.